Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Not Your 1950s Housewife podcast. We are another Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday, which is super exciting. And I am here with one of my girlfriends from high school. Um, For those of you who don't know, I went to an all-girls Catholic school in Rochester, New York. And freshman year, I met Carly and we became friends. We were friends for all four years. And then we actually stayed in touch after that too, for a long, long time. Yes, we did. Yep. So I know um, a lot about Carly and you guys are going to get to learn uh, about her and love her as well. Um, But the funny thing about us, when we were just joking, I am in my kitchen in Rochester, New York. The temperature is a whopping 11 degrees. Carly, where are you? I am in the best city in the country, LA. Uh Uh-huh. And what's your high going to be today? We're going to be in the 70s and it's going to, we're going to be in the 70s, but more importantly, the sun is shining just to give you guys a visual. My big bright sun is shining and our skies are like the bluest blue ever. And I, I love that. All right. Next time we record, I'm coming to you. I'm going to be coming. I'm coming live from Carly's couch. <laughs> Gina, have you ever been to LA? I've never been to California. Oh my gosh, girl, you need to get out here. You're never going to want to leave. <laughs> I am actually coming now. I don't know distance of anything West of Vegas, but I am coming to Hollywood, California in October for a work conference. How far am I going to be from you? Like forever? Like- like Hollywood where they make the movies or Hollywood, California? I didn't know there were two different things. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you, if you're coming to Hollywood, I actually live very close to Hollywood. I'm like not too far. I don't know where Hollywood, California is. Sarah, do you? Yeah. Is it? Okay. I think so. Yeah. Gina, I think that you are going to be close. So when you find out when you're coming, let me know. Because I'm planning on adding like a day or two at the beginning or a day or two at the end, or I thought a day or two at both ends. Cause if I've never been out there, I want to like, look yeah, at plan an extra day or two. I'll take you on the most magnificent bike ride down the coast. Oh, yes. Yay. All right. This is awesome. I'm yes. now super pumped. <laughs> um, but let's kind of start. So we both mm-hmm. met at Mercy, right? Navy blue and white, 
Did you love our all girls? You know, experience? I did. I have very fond memories of high school. I loved it. I loved my friends and yes. Do you? I loved it too, because, well, I think you knew this. I was public school until freshman year. Me too. Right. So my parents made the switch, thought public school, I was going to be lost in like a sea of people um, and switched me over to mercy. And I went kicking it and screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only took a few months until I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> like I'm with a bunch of girls. We laugh, we learn. I'm wearing Navy blue and white. And I don't have to worry about anything aside from that. Yeah. Um, it, I, I really, really, really loved it. And now that I've got my daughter, I'm like, huh, do we want to do this for her? So I'm like, I'm starting to navigate that space again, but I, I really, really did. I really loved Mercy. Me too. I had a great time and it, it was a lot of fun. Oh, so then after Mercy, you went where to college? So I went to Brockport um, for college and then, you know, was in Rochester for the first 35 years of my life with no intentions of ever leaving. Oh my God. And I had no intention of staying. And now isn't this ironic? I'm back here and you're not. (laughs) Okay. So you went to Brockport. Did you love college? No. In fact, I felt that because I had come from Mercy from like a very close knit group of friends. And then I went to Brockport. I, I never really fully felt like that was like the place for me. Um, so no, I actually, I didn't love it. Like it was mediocre. Okay. Yeah. So when you graduated, were you, did you have like a group of friends that you hung out with from Brockport or is that when you met your husband? Like, how did that work? I met my husband when I was in college. I, it was my junior year. We met, I, I knew relatively early on that I was going to marry him. And so, yes, I had some friends, but I would definitely say we moved in together like six months after we met. And so I was like going, and he was a year older than I. So we, I was going to school, but spending a lot of my time with him. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how did you change during those kind of, you know, the what, like early twenties to mid to late twenties? Yeah. You know, I get asked that question a lot. And I think that, you know, Number one, I just think that, you know, when I met him the week before I turned 21 and I knew what I wanted back in a partner back then. And a lot of the things that I had written down and just knew, you know, you only know yourself to like the fraction of how I know myself now. So like, you know, I wanted a lot of surface things in a partner and he, he checked all the, the boxes off of those things. And we were together for 14 years, married for nine and we had a great relationship. Um, I think throughout the course of my 20s, um, so I had gained a whole bunch of weight in my 20s. Like before I got married, I think like over the course of 10 years before the marriage and then throughout the marriage, I gained about 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And when I started losing weight, I just started like really rethink. I think that my, my frame of mind just changed. Right. And I, I really started to think about like the quality of my life and where I was at my life. And I just, I remember having like, I remember sitting in my bedroom one day and just thinking like at this point, to be very frank with you, my, my husband and I were more like coexisting as like, roommates together. We were sleeping in separate rooms. We didn't fight and nothing was bad. He gained a bunch of weight and I cannot sleep next to someone who snores. 
Right. So we were sleeping in separate rooms and it just, the relationship really, really fizzled. And I, I, I was like 33 and I just, I said to myself, like, I, I cannot, I would be doing myself such a disservice to spend the rest of my life like this. Mm-hmm. And so I knew at that moment, I had to make a different choice for myself. And that's the whole point of this podcast is the choices that you make and their impact on your life. So what was the very first choice you made when you had that revelation? I knew, in, I knew that I had to follow my heart. And I knew that staying in a comfortable, easy, like I know exactly what the rest of my life would have looked like relationship hmm. would have been, would have made me half dead. Right. And I, I am not the type of person who can go through life just doing the motions and sleepwalking through my life. So I, I knew in that moment that I had to make a different choice for myself, which was the first thing was to, you know, to leave the marriage. I had, I had gone to therapy and I knew, I, you know, I knew I had to, to go for myself. There was no one else. He didn't do anything wrong. It was just, he wasn't for me anymore. And so honestly, Gina, it took me two years to get the courage and bravery to make that decision for myself because I was scared shitless. Right. I feel like I knew you during this time too. Were we like getting together for lunches when some of this was going on? Probably. And I remember like John and I came over your house for dinner. Remember that one time? Yes. Yes. And I think I was still heavy then, wasn't I? Yep. Yeah. And so like, you know, if I'm, if I'm honest with myself, you know, like my marriage just, it just, it, it changed. And I, I changed a lot too. And he didn't. That's an interesting statement because that happened with me too. Yeah. Um, cause I was wondering, because, you know, you mentioned that he was heavy as well. Um, and if you change your mindset, if one of you changes and the other person doesn't, I can only see how that might, you guys would might grow apart. Yeah. I think that like, you know, when I was 260 pounds that like I was, I was more okay to be complacent with my life because I was in a very different frame of mind when I, I lost, I ended up losing like 125 pounds and this was over the course of two years. But what happened was I lost the weight and, you know, it really provoked me to start thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. And so it all kind of fell apart at the same time. Like I decided to leave my marriage. I left a job again, that was very, very parallel to my marriage. It was easy. It was comfortable. It was safe. And it was super not aligned with who Carly had transformed into. Mm -hmm. So I left that and um, the weight loss product that I was using they had me coming to Los Angeles to do some fun promotional work. And I literally fell in love with LA. Like every time I came here to do my work, I would do what you were doing. And I would stay for a couple extra days and I'd rent a car and I would just go and explore by myself. And I was in this amazing city. And I, I just remember like, I felt so alive here. Hmm. And I wanted to move here, but of course it was like so far fetched. And then yeah. all, 
it was so far-fetched. And I was like, you know, I can't, you know, it's like, again, like we talk ourselves out of what sometimes is best for us. And I was like, I can't move to LA. I don't know anyone like all these blah, blah, blahs that like really don't serve us. And, you know, I, I believe in like God and I believe in things happening for you. And the CEO of the company Sensa that I was working for literally approached me one day and she was like, have you ever thought about coming and working for us full time? And I have this little pad of paper in my purse and I pulled it out of my purse and I was like, um, yeah, I actually have a list of things that I want to do to help your company grow. And then one thing led to another. And I remember, um, I came out here for two months prior to actually do moving here. And I remember so vividly that I was sitting outside and I, I was like, I wanted to come so bad, but I was so scared of all these what ifs. Right. And um, I remember like just in this moment, like looking up to the sky and just saying like, I don't know what to do, God, but like guide me. And then it like became like, it was like an immediate, like I, and I use this terminology. I felt like something magnetically was pulling me here and I had to come. Like it wasn't even my choice. So did you decide to move to LA at the same time you decided to go through your divorce or did you do get through your divorce and as you were going through it decided, okay, you know, this is what I want to do and move to LA. Good question. I actually like had left about six or seven months before I moved here. I had my own little place in Rochester and then came out here for two months just to kind of like test it out to see if I actually could, could make the move. Right. Um, so I was already separated and then decided that I was going to move here. So you made a lot of big life choices in a very small amount of time. Yeah. Like literally my entire life was flipped upside down and it was crazy. Now, if I remember correctly, isn't your family from here? Yeah. Like everyone is in Rochester. So how did they feel about this? I mean, you're like, Hey, few things, um, getting divorced, moving to LA, here's my forwarding address. Like, how does that go? So I'm very open with people that are close to me. They knew that I had been wanting to move to LA for like two years. Okay. They also knew that I wasn't happy in my marriage. And to be honest with you, like I have three brothers, two sisters and a mom and dad. Everybody just was like, go like they, I think that they also felt in their hearts that this was really what our, what I wanted to do. And so everybody that like all of my close friends and family, they were like, go, like you need to go. And I think that they felt that also, the passion inside of me to come. How did I not know you had three brothers and two sisters? I don't know. I mean, my brothers and I, we grew up together with the same mom and dad. My sisters were born when I was in college because my mom got remarried. Ah, okay. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> now that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now you're in LA. Did you end up working for that company that helped you with the weight loss? No. Well, I, for a short period of time, they unfortunately got sued by the FTC. So they're no longer in business, oh, um, fascinating. but I, I worked for one of their sister companies for two years. I'm sure like you guys have all heard of Fabletic, Shoe Dazzle and Just Fab. Yep. So worked there for about two years. Okay. And that mm -hmm. brought you to when? 
what you, what time frame are we at? Um, that was like 2016 and 17. Okay. Um, why did you stop doing that? I got laid off. They had like a lot of layoffs and there was like a hundred of us that got laid off. Holy cow. That's a lot of people. Well, there were like 500 people at the corporate office. So, it's still but yeah, it was, it was a lot of people. So you're in LA. Mm-hmm. You've been there for a while now. You now just got laid off. What's the next choice you made? So from there, um, panicked like heck. I was going to say, I'd have been like, I'm not going to move home. I'm not going home. Like, that's what I would just keep saying. I am not going home. I mean, you know, I, but you're super outgoing and extremely personable. So I can't wait to hear what happened next. So I took another job after that. I was working for another small, like rinky dink company, um, in Santa Monica, where I was also doing like online advertising, which I really just did that because a recruiter reached out to me and it was, it was pretty much easy, but it really wasn't what I wanted to do. And I worked there for a short period of time. Um, and then I'm in my current role now, which is like, I'm working for an employment staffing agency. I like the work that I'm doing because I'm, I'm going out and meeting with my clients, but I don't like the company. So once again, I find myself in a position where, you know, I'm looking for a job and it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever looked for a job because I think that you've been at your job for a long time, right? Yeah. I've had my business for, it'll be almost 16 years in December. Yeah. It is daunting and it is got to be like online dating. I mean, cause I know at the same time, like you're paralleling that in your life too out there. So I could only imagine if you're trying to yeah. find a soulmate and a job at the same time. <laughs> yes. Well, I I've kind of like surrendered the, the soulmate thing to like, whenever it happens, it happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really like focused on this next job that I'm going to get. So I'm currently looking and the type, you know, we'll see what happens. What do you like? What do you want? What are the things that you're looking for in that next career? So some of the things that I'm looking for, like a trainer's job or a sales trainer, where I'm like up in front of people teaching them or educating them about something. I have one of the things that I got when I was in California, I got my life coach certification a couple years ago. And so I've learned a lot about like listening to people and helping people, like we talked about, make better choices for themselves and just navigating them through life. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a trainer, I would be able to help people do that from a professional and a personal standpoint. So though that's the type of job that I'm looking for right now. Were you in like your past life in Rochester? Weren't you like a personal trainer for a hot second or uh, you weren't? No, I went to the, like, I went to Midtown frequently, but I was never a trainer. Okay. That was it. You did go to Midtown. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause I could see you doing that. You know, a lot of people say that, um, I don't know. I honestly like training people at a gym doesn't like super duper motivate. It's, it, it's not super motivating to me. I, my dream job, like when I envision my highest vision for myself, I really picture myself like in getting up on a stage 
and talking to people and motivating and inspiring them based off of my life stories and my failures, getting them to think about their life and where they are in their life and making changes where they feel that they need to. And so that, but it's like, you don't look for a job like that. That's something that has to just organically transpire. Right. And so and that might happen. I mean, if you think about all the people that are going to listen to this podcast, you never know. You never know. I mean, I have a couple things like, you know, like it's been heavy on my heart. I need to write a letter to Oprah. I'm going to meet Oprah soon at some point in my life. Nice. And, you know, um, one of the, my goals, like I want to do a TED talk. Okay. And I just like, I really feel that it's like on my heart and in my soul to, to share my story with people wholeheartedly and see, see where that goes. Have you ever thought of like writing a book? Yes. You're like the 25th person that's told me this. Yes, I have. Well, listen, the first three probably didn't know what they were talking about, but if I'm 25, get on it, girl. <laughs> I know. Like I, I, I should, I, I know I, I need to like write this down. I, I don't want to, I, I need to. Not a writer. You don't want to write yeah. it. You want to say it. You want to speak it. Yes. Well, and cause you're like me, our personality shines yes. in that type of stuff. And I don't know if I could convey my energy and passion towards something in the written word. <laughs> You know, I'm reading a book right now called, I'm reading a book right now about a woman Ooh. who died and like went to heaven and came back and she, it's awesome. Okay. I think I highly recommend it. It's called waking up in heaven. Um, but she, she's telling her story, but there's people that you can partner with that you can right. talk about it and they help you write it. And so I've thought about reaching out to the yeah, guy who helped her and see if he would help me. Not like a lot, but my understanding is you literally just sit and have a really long conversation with this person and they dive into lots of details and they record it and write yes. it, but it's your story. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, you know, maybe you can hold, maybe you can hold me accountable and check in with me next week. I need to contact that man and see if he would, if I can me share and everybody my story and he'd want to write a book with me. <laughs> because I do think you have a very compelling story. Okay. I think for women <laughs> specifically, you literally flipped your life upside down to follow your heart and your passion and what you felt was right. I don't feel like a lot of women have the courage to do it to the extent that you did it. And like I said, the, the topic for this podcast is like the choices you make and how important they're. And you literally were like, I don't fit here. And I don't like the way my life is for whatever reason, I'm switching it instead of being complacent or in a loveless marriage or in a city that you really didn't like. Or you said before we even started recording, like when you went into Wegmans in Rochester, you know, if someone asked you how your day was, you know, what was your typical response here? I mean, I just remember like in those dark winter months, I was miserable and I was so cold. And I remember like struggling to get out of my car and slipping on the snow. And I would run into Wegmans because of the brutal cold. And someone would have a smile and be like, hi, how are you today? And I was like, I fucking hate it here. And I did. <laughs> and now, like, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you again, like now I, I go into my coffee store, I go into my grocery store and I have a smile on my face and I'm so like immersed in the sun and I walk in and people are like, hi, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm awesome. I love it here. And I do. 
<laughs> and I love you. What's your name? Sam? Sam, I love you. <laughs> yeah. But I can feel it in the way that you wrote. Like when I asked for some info, you're like, I have a beautiful new home that's light. I can hear the birds chirping happily every single morning. The energy in the city, it's entirely you. You feel like you belong there. And I think that's the most important thing is you made the choices you had to make to get to where you felt most authentically you, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I lived in Rochester for 35 years and, and I, I didn't ever live anywhere else. And when I came here, I, I quite literally, like, I didn't even know this was possible, but I, I am, I'm in love with Los Angeles. Like the sun and the energy and the health craze and how progressive it is. And like, you literally have the permission to be whoever you are here, your authentic self. And everybody's okay with that. You know, like when I lived in Rochester, I was so close-minded. If I saw like a gay couple or if I saw an interracial couple or if I saw like an, an old man with a young woman, I would judge and I would look down on that. And now it doesn't, I don't, it, it's totally like, I'm, it's okay. It's normal here. And I just like my perspective and my mind has just opened up so much. And I love that. Like everyone in Rochester is Jewish and Italian. There's no diversity. When I moved here, it was culture shock. Like there were, oh, I could imagine it was so culture shock. Like I remember like hearing ethnicities that I'd never heard of in my life before here. And I love that. I love that I, I can have all this great food. And like, I have friends now that just aren't like white. Like I have Asian friends and black friends and Indian friends. And, and like, we're all the, we're all the same. We all connect the same. And I love that. Oh, you sound amazing. I mean, because I've obviously known you since we were, oh my God, how old would we have been? 15, 16? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Right. Um, and like, like we've touched on, like I, I had you and your husband over to the house and I remember meeting up with you when you were at that company that was just comfortable, but not where you liked, you know, where you wanted to be. Right. So I've seen some of this, but then when I ran into you at Christmas, I was like, Oh my God, like you just, you exude a different vibe. You, you, um, yeah, you, you radiate differently to people, which to me means that you're truly happy where you are. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm on my way. You know, there, there are two things that still need to fall into place. One is reaching out to that guy to help you write that book. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like the two most important things in my life, right? It's like meeting my next like soulmate mm -hmm. and partner. And then it's finding this, um, this place in my life where I'm going to be making a difference in people's lives. And, you know, sorry, I'm getting emotional because I just, I really want, yeah, these but they're going to happen. Have you read the secret? You got to read it. It's going to happen. Oh yeah. I've read that book. Um, yes. I'm, I, I believe that it's just, you know what it is. Gina is like, I was such a control. Just going to say it. We are type life. A personalities, girl. And if it doesn't happen now, we're like, oh, well, okay. It, it's so hard for me to like sit in that place of like trusting that it's going to come and like letting go and just like having the faith that it's on its way and it will come, but not in my time. And 
I'm usually really good like at making things happen for myself. I've always been good. Like if I want something, it's done. And this is, this is a different dynamic. This is like, again, this is bigger than me in both instances. And so like, I have to take a back seat and I believe like I have to let God drive, drive my life in this. And it's, it's a constant like surrendering to him. And just when I think I've surrendered, I've got to surrender again and again and again. And it's, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, I can't only think that things haven't aligned. If you think about it, a lot has aligned in your life, right? Just thinking of it from a different perspective, but maybe these last few things haven't because either you're not where you need to be or they're not where they need to be in order for them to be right for you right? Like either in the career or with, you know, your next soulmate, um, which is so much easier said than done because sometimes I struggle with, you know, these things too, but, um, man, I feel like we're gonna have to have like a follow-up podcast to be like, okay, Carly part two, where is she now? (laughs) Where in the world is Carly Sharenza? Well, we need to bring you back so you can speak to the girls at uh, mercy. We can start there. Um, because I think that would be awesome. I know. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm coming out to Hollywood, California. I don't know which one didn't know there were two in October. Um, and I'm obviously going to stay in touch with you, um, in between now and then, but I definitely want to see you while I'm there. Yeah. I would love that. Perfect. And if anybody wants to stay connected with Carly, the best way to do it is either through Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, when I post the podcast, I will give you the spelling of her last name, but it is pronounced Sharenza. Um, so I am so thankful for you taking time out of your morning to chat with me and our listeners. Thank you for inviting me. It was, it's been fun. Perfect. And we're definitely going to do it again. And I'm keeping you accountable to reaching out to that guy to help you about that book. All right. I will do that. I'm, an, I'm writing it down right now. You better. All right, girl. Love ya. Love you too. Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love ya.